This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded. Hot Lee Hackey has become part of my morning prayers. I was a full-time nurse just lifting up a patient. A tractor trailer came up behind us, pushed us right through. Right off the bat, you just felt comfortable. I felt somebody had my back. He says, I'm going to do everything that I can do for you. You guys are amazing. I love you. Call Pond Lahaki Giordano, highly rated Philadelphia workers' compensation attorneys. Now on Talk Radio 
Please have at it. <laughs> Just keep it clean, I, Ma. Well, I, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know what the what this was. Whether you were going to ask me or not, but it's only six months since I lost Pat. So you know, I'm still a little. Oh, take my emotions are pretty raw. So you under, wrote, I wrote down. Absolutely, wrote, yes, that was great. I, exactly. Um, you know, when you lose your second self, it's uh, it's hard. So I wrote what our son Matt wrote at the time of Pat's death pretty much sums up who Pat was. And I quote, In my opinion, Dad was the least racist person on the planet. Sure, he had biases like we all do, but he treated everyone with the same level of sincere respect, but he combined it with a wickedly funnier reverence that had to represent a congenital defect of some kind. Mm -hmm. We all know his middle name was Fun. He treated CEOs and presidents and rich folks, etc., just like he treated the folks working at the lowest level jobs. And he was sincere. He just seemed incapable of seeing one group as innately superior or better. He fought for more minorities in the building trades because he knew it was right and he knew it made economic sense. He seemingly never flinched, not once. It's hard to comprehend how he could have possibly done all that he did. We had no idea about most of this because he never talked about it in detail. He didn't care much about money or recognition. He cared about results and, I think, fairness. He was tough as nails and really funny at home and at work. He came from nothing and seemingly was fully prepared to return to nothing. He lived every day by a code that I'm still trying to unravel. What a man, what a dad. End quote. So, of course, it's no secret that I was his biggest fan. He was the real deal in all ways. He knew that every day the men he represented went to work. They were working their way out of a job, and it was his responsibility to make sure they had another one to go to. He was so proud of all the tradesmen, and their masterful skills and professional training that gave Philadelphia its magnificent skyline, and all the other projects too numerous to mention that he had a hand in bringing to fruition. Our grandchildren all agreed on the quote that will be written on his tombstone. The brightest stars are those who shine for the benefit of others. He truly lived his life for others, and I will always be proud to be Pat's wife, and our family is really grateful for this tribute to him. Thank you. Well, Arlene, we uh, can't thank you enough for sharing that and for sharing Pat with us. Okay. Um, Pat Jr., if you will, I, hard, that's a hard one to follow, That's brother. a tough one to follow. <laughs> I, I mean, if he was sitting here right now, Doc, you know, I think the first thing he would say was, you, you know, this room is, uh, with uh, the exception of a couple pretty ladies, has a face for radio. <laughs> um, he would try to do that. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, just, to, just to mirror what my mom, my mom said in her statement, and it's, my uh, my my brother Kevin's probably you know he'll, he'll get a kick out of that because of course it's my brother Matt the doctor statement, um, <laughs> you know the favorite. But uh, no, we appreciate and you know it's been six months and it feels like it's a blink. But uh, you know I was uh, you know I was his wingman and, and you know I was I'm not in the business but you know I had the I had the benefit of being by him and meeting all these guys and you know 
from from day one from Jump Street, you know, 18 years old, going to golf outings and, you know, showing up, uh, stopping at picket lines and stuff like that. You know, you get a you get a real appreciation for you know who he was, absolutely, um, and what he was all about. You know, he's a stand up guy. You know, and that's what he gave us. And you know, and and it's and that that's the real gift, I think. You know, people miss out on, you know, uh, you know what life's all about. You know, and uh, you know, I'm a I'm a capitalist by heart, man. I'm a business guy. You yeah. know, and I well, used to drive him nuts, but I mean, but it, you know, but what he did for us as as business guys, he kept us grounded, you know? But what's so ironic about that is, and in the trades, okay, um, you know, he represented all working people, okay? But you cannot have a successful union community without contractors and businesses. Yeah. So understanding both ends of that, I remember when I got in the ironworkers and, you know, you kind of think you were born on third base, right? You know, it just you just showed up, right? Yeah. It's funny. I, you know, Kevin Boyle, uh, who's the Ironworkers uh, business manager now, um, I'll never forget. We grew up together. I'll never forget going out on a job. Um, we were picketing this job. I think it was yeah. like, I forget the name of the job. I don't want to get it wrong. But it was in the far northeast, and Kevin had just got into the union two weeks before. And I'm like, oh, what's going on? And he's like, and he's already complaining about somebody else doing our work or, or, or our benefits. <laughs> you know, like, you know, and, and I, I said, well, we don't even know what our benefits are, and we don't even know how we got it. He was laugh. We laugh about it today, but the point is, have it. You know, leaders like you know your father and, and, and your husband Arlene are the reasons why uh, we have a strong movement. Leadership is um, is the most important thing when it comes to a labor community. And Pat Gillespie, Pat Iding, uh, Ryan Boyer, uh, a lot of you know Wayne Miller here. Uh, and, and a lot of our leaders that ever, uh, there's an example set at the, at the front of the table. I'll tell a funny story about, uh, you know, about your dad. The first time I, I was brought in to uh, present phillylabor.com to the, uh, to the AFL-CIO. And Pat, well, you know, my dad was a business manager. So Pat, it was already, you know, going to happen. But I, I, I made the gargantuan mistake of reading my presentation. And Pat... It, after about 15 minutes, he goes, you done yet? And, I, and I'm like, oh, no, I, I got a couple, you know, Mr. Gillespie, I got a couple. And he goes, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> he put it to a vote. It passed unanimously. And that was my introduction. Uh, and, and, and he was always, you know, incredible. You talk about family. I know it's such a big part of his life. Um, and But he was, he was good to all of us. And... Uh, one of the things I'll say to Joe, you know, Joe Krause, well, well, nine years ago when my family was going through it, and we were, my, yeah, and everybody knows what happened to my dad, um, Joe Krause and I just met, and we were talking about this labor show. And so I said, okay, well, let me, you know, we put everything together. There was two people we had to, uh, you know, we, we, we got to deal with the station, all those things, and there was two people that needed to be invited on the show, and I was incredibly vulnerable, okay? And, and, and the first one I called up was Pat Gillespie, and I said, Pat, we're launching this labor show, and we'd like you to be our first guest. Now, if Pat Gillespie says no, we're not sitting here today. And his answer was, whatever you need me to do. And Pat Iding, by the way, followed with that. Yeah. It all depended on that because I, I was a mess. Yeah. And yeah. 
He showed me strength. So did Pat Iding. And because of that, we are the voice of the on-air voice of labor, and we get to talk to thousands of people on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, um, about the great things that our labor community does. And that's largely because of Pat Gillespie. And yeah, so yeah. Uh, we want to thank yeah. both of you and your family for yeah. sharing them with us. Yeah. You opened best with it when you said that he, 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 he made sure that they had a seat at the table. Well, Ryan Boyer says yeah. that. Yeah. And, and he's going to say it. Yeah, Ryan and, knows. And, and I, I used to watch it. We used to watch it at home on the, you know, in, the, in the breakfast room in Havertown. That was the table a lot of times because a lot of deals got done at that table. People were, I mean, growing up around it, you know, from the, the major developments and all that kind of, you never knew who was going to be at that table. That was the table. You well, know? I, I, I say this when you, look at the sky, when you look at the skyline of Philadelphia, you yeah. should envision Pat Gillespie's face, smiling face, looking back at you um, because we all got the opportunities to work on my rise buildings. We didn't know why, yeah. but now we do. Yeah, and I'm, I learned. I learned as I went. You know, you you know, you're a, you're a young apprentice or whatever. But um, it's a, an honor to be here. Special broadcast here from Sprinkler Fitters Local uh, 692. Arlene Gillespie and Pat Gillespie Jr. joining us uh, to kick off. Arlene, let me transition over to you and ask you to comment, if you will, uh, about one word you referenced in your. Uh, in your tribute, and that was responsibility. And Pat, your husband, had a responsibility to your entire family, to an incredible entire union community, uh, to a city, and to many people that he didn't know. Yet that responsibility was there. Talk about that. It's just who he was, you know. And he, he was, um, his convictions were real, and he believed in what he did. He really did. He, he just went to work every day, like I said, to make sure all of you went to work. That was what... Well, the passion was there. It was. Uh, and I he mean, loved you know, it. Until the day it. he retired and, and no. beyond. He loved it. Oh, he yeah. loved well, the it. The one thing and, you know, you'll notice about labor leadership, and it starts right there, is it's not what they are, it's who they are. Okay? I mean, you know, there was, you know, it's part of... It, 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 it is part of his fab, fabric with his family, but I get an amazing kind of kick out of the fact that the lives that he impacted, we could never imagine. You talk about the 50,000 person uh, trade unions in, in, in Philadelphia, the families and all those things and fighting and taking it on your shoulders and having great leaders around that table with those other, you know, with, with the other unions. And, and we all know it wasn't always pretty and it wasn't easy. No, it was stressful. Oh, he it, had a it, lot of stress. Oh, absolutely. But no, no question about it. it, it you know, it's, it's because of him. Uh, and, and the honors that we have here, this, this, is gonna, uh, this honor is going to live on in perpetuity. What, what will happen will be we're going to have a, uh, a location, uh, you know, for the Hall of Fame as we, as we, as we uh, continue it. So, um, you know, yeah. it's, it, it's, it, and it's going to be something that young labor leaders can look at every day and they can listen to this broadcast and, and, and learn from somebody who made such a difference in so many lives. Well, uh, Junior, I'll let you go ahead on Oh, no, it's just because I often would look at the buildings as they went up and think, does anybody really realize the talent and, you know, the, the, um, it's dangerous work and it's beautifully done and but, Do people it, it, really just take that for granted that it's just happened? And the fact that Pat you know? fought for safety. Yeah. And, oh, you know, and, and, and a lot of programs, yep. like, like, like you talked about, obviously, um, making sure everybody, equality you know, was a priority. 
but also safety and those who were in need when you know you know the addiction programs they that they have at the at the building trades the, the, the counseling but the safety measures when you're on those high-rise jobs mm-hmm. and it's funny because they've increased over the years um and during covid okay how the building trades picked it up and the, and, and the building trades were the um, were the example uh, for OSHA around the around the country when 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 Pat Gillespie handed those reins over to John Doherty and John Doherty to Ryan Boyer, uh, we were in good hands across the board. So oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, you know, it's, it must make you uh, proud, Pat, because how, how does it feel? Be, be, you know, you have the name Pat Gillespie. Yeah, well, it's fun. Well, come on, you know, hey. it's fun. It's fun, and then it's not fun. <laughs> you know, baptism by fire. You know, people say, you know, he, he, you know, he, when he when he did bring the when he did bring it home, you know, uh, as the oldest, I I bore the I bore the brunt. You know, oh, yeah. so you guys are welcome for that. <laughs> Couple knockdown dragouts uh, in the kitchen, but uh, yeah. So, but no, no question, man. You know, we we knew you knew you knew right away if it was where you stood. Day, yeah. You knew where you stood. There was no, and there was no pretense with the guy. Well, and that's uh, what was the beauty of him. Our, no our pastor, Kevin Gallagher, Father Kevin Gallagher, said it in his homily when he was talking about our marriage. He said, "When it was easy, and it wasn't so easy to be married to Pat Glass." Yeah, <laughs> and um, I found that humorous, you know, because I thought it was really always pretty easy to be married to, <laughs> but I knew what he meant. You know? well, but I had my dad was, you know, I mean, you knew if it was a good day or a bad day, but you know that. They're fighting for workers' rights, and every every day, somebody's pushing back on us. Yeah, and, every, right. and 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 you know, there's there's a a, 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 a sector of academia that studies labor leadership. Sure. Okay, and 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 especially labor leaders that are able to impact. Not everybody wants to hear reality. Not everybody. It's not always easy. What's good for a union or a union uh, community, yeah. but somebody has to be strong enough to make that decision and have the courage. And so, great leaders, um, who especially who, who who were around as long as Pat Gillespie, are studied every day. Yeah, Pat Gillespie Jr. joining us here, and of course Arlene Gillespie starting us off with a tremendous tribute. Uh, to Pat Gillespie Sr. for the benefit of the listening audience. We hope that when uh, the broadcast concludes and you listen to the many stories that are told about Pat Gillespie uh, over the next hour, uh, you'll have a better understanding of how great he was. Back in a moment. Thanks. First chartered in 1903, Steamfitters Local 420 has been constructing and installing mechanical systems throughout the Delaware Valley for over a century. United by excellence, this local is proud to have worked on projects such as the Sun Oil Refineries, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, and the stadiums for all our Philly teams. From helmets to hard hats, Local 420 represents the history of Philadelphia. Steamfitters Local 420, Jim Snell, business manager. Sprinkler Fitters Local 692 represents a storied history and heritage of steam fitters, plumbers, and gas fitters dating back to the late 1800s and continues today to thrive into the 21st century. Local 692 is a highly trained group of skilled individuals. Local 692 represents the Philadelphia building trades and provides excellence completing the job on time under budget. Local 692, a proud member of the Philadelphia Union community, Wayne Miller, business manager. 
The Valley Forge Tourism and Convention Board is proud to sponsor tonight's Legends of Labor Hall of Fame induction of the late Patrick B. Gillespie, the longtime visionary leader of the Philadelphia building trades. The Valley Forge Tourism and Convention Board appreciates their long and rewarding history with the building trades. A world of adventure rich in American history awaits you in Valley Forge and Montgomery County. To discover more, visit valleyforge.org. Plumbers Local 690 proudly promotes, supports, and endorses the belief plumbers protect the health of the nation. The highly skilled workers of Plumbers Local 690 specialize in commercial and residential work. Plumbers Local 690 workers work on stadium projects and the largest corporate projects and your residential property. Plumbers Local 690, George P. Graham, Business Manager. God bless America. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. Today's program has been pre-recorded. This Legends of Labor Hall of Fame induction show honoring Patrick B. Gillespie is presented by Steamfitters Local 420, Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, IOTC Local 8, Plumbers Local 690, and the Valley Forge Tourism and Convention Board. And welcome back, everyone, to this Legends of Labor special broadcast as we broadcast you from Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, uh, honoring J-Doc Pat Gillespie Sr. And in our opening segment, I think the listening audience, the big, vast listening audience that tunes in to Talk Radio 1210 WPHT started to get um, an understanding of who... uh, Pat Gillespie Sr. was, and of course, how incredible it was, um, and Arlene with her tribute in the very beginning of the broadcast is one that will live um, in the time capsule uh, of life. Great stuff by Arlene kicking us off. Absolutely, and, and during the break, Arlene was, and I were talking, and if, if you would, Arlene, you wanted to comment on something that we talked about in the first set. Uh, well, uh, uh, do you remember what you we, we, we talked about? Uh, you know, apprenticeships and, and working with our hands, and you were exactly. Mentioning- and I said I've always found from the time I met Pat and all the his involvement in um, in his training and whatnot that there's an elitist attitude out there. If you work with your hands, you're not smart. You know, right? And I mean, nobody understands what it takes to even pass some of the apprentice exams to get into the program. Very, very competitive and more very t- competitive. And, and and you have to have an awful lot of knowledge in a lot of areas. And a lot of people don't understand that. Like I said, they I, do. They look at these buildings and just think they appear. Yeah, they don't you know? just put themselves. They don't up. put themselves up, and all that has gone into that to get to that point. Well, it's interesting because education today, you know, and, and the apprenticeships. By the way, and Ryan, will, um, we're going to bring Ryan Boyer in, 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 in a minute. But we talk about the competitiveness to get in the apprentice programs. Number one, the fact that they're um, they're. Not everybody, when you talk about aptitude and intellect and aptitude, is you know, uh, academia is, is often set on, you know, uh, being a lawyer or something like that. You know, right. and a lot of people's right. intellect goes with, you know, with, with working with their hands in construction. And by the way, a lot of those uh, apprentice programs that we have have college courses exactly. and they're paid for by the unions themselves. We don't have, it's not like we go to the yeah. government to get subsidized. And so that's a, a great point, well made. And those, you talk about those high-rise buildings. Well, let's look at those cranes taking up those big heavy loads on a daily basis. The, and, and, and you got the chokers and you got all that, the rigging and all that stuff. That doesn't, you know, you put the, you don't have smart people putting that, you know, the, right. put, putting that stuff together. Right. And there'll be steel and concrete all over the ground. Right. And so it's a point well made. 
I, I, I think it's attitudes are changing. I think people are understanding Absolutely. that college isn't for everyone, and there is another opportunity for their children. Well said. Absolutely. Let's bring in Ryan Boyer, who joins us now um, as part of the Legends of Labor show. Ryan, thanks to, for you to, uh, for coming out and being here. Um, you had an opportunity in that opening segment, I believe, just to sit and listen to Arlene's tribute and then uh, hear from Pat Gillespie uh, Jr. Oh, some opening thoughts and opening remarks from you, man. I'll give you the open microphone. It's an honor to be here, and I want to first uh, thank Mrs. Gillespie and the family for sharing your great husband with us. We all know when you're a labor leader, that's the second family, and you are so benevolent in your time and your gift to give us Pat. No better tribute can be said than the letter that Chris wrote. It was just everything that Pat was. I learned more about being a man from Pat Gillespie than a labor leader. It reminds me of the scene from The Godfather. You can't be a man unless you spend time with your family. Pat would always ask me about my family. He would always tell me about his family. And I was remarking to Mrs. Gillespie here as we navigate turbulent times, it was like a security blanket for me to pick up the phone and tell Pat that I wanted to meet. And never did he tell me no. Even when he wasn't doing well, he would talk to me on the phone for as long as he could to give me advice, guidance, and counsel. And the good thing about that advice, guidance, and counsel, it was never self-serving. It was always, how do I put the mission above everyone? And what's your goal? How do you want to end up, Ryan? What's your end goal? And that advice is sorely missed, the way he brought people together. And I thought the quote was that he did. Pat treated the president of the United States like he treated a laborer. And if you knew Pat, he did not care. If you peed him off, he would tell you right there, no matter who you were, no matter where you were, you always knew where Pat Gillespie stood. And that is, and he, and he brought us, he was a step in the evolution to now the building trades is on just everybody's mind. You take Pat Gillespie, you take John Doherty. Where they've taken the building trades is in the corporate boardrooms. Uh, the capitalists over there, Patrick Jr. <laughs> uh, I think that Pat in his heart was a capitalist. But he understood that the social contract of capitalism only works when you have an educated and well-paid workforce because if you don't you have anarchy and you have chaos right. so at the backbone of him fighting to make sure that we got what we deserved it was a capitalism not this vulture capitalism we have now it's real true capitalism where we're in it you put up your capital you make a little more but we also pay the workers henry ford type of capitalism not Jeff Bezos' capitalism. That's what Pat fought for. And, and, and Ryan, you mentioned, and you've talked about it often, uh, 
the saying, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. Without a doubt. And <laughs> if you heard Pat Iding speak many times uh, talk, uh, about Pat Gillespie, and I know you and, and John Doherty have, have continued this, um, the importance of, of, of encouraging and, and placing a lot of our business managers and presidents on boards of directors um, in, the, in, the, in the corporate uh, and, uh, uh, you know, legislative, uh, uh, you know, boardrooms. Yeah, boards, commissions, um, authorities of every type. And also, now, third generation, fourth generation tradesmen, their children are coming up well-educated putting them in the business. So now we have our own lawyers. We have our own finance people that we can understand a complex business deal from the perspective of organized labor and not relying upon their experts to give us numbers and studies. We have our own. That was the marriage between Tony Wigglesworth, Pat Gillespie, and Pat Iden to bring a big brain University of Penn guy to say, listen, we need you because you're a trusted arbiter. You're a third party, but we trust your numbers. We no longer trust their studies because they paid for them, right? So Pat's vision is going to be seen throughout this commonwealth. You don't build skylines. You don't have great grand visions. I, I saw Pat lay out a grand vision to renew every school in the Philadelphia school district. Had they listened to him, we don't have these lead problems we have now. Pat was brilliant because he worked with his hands. Look at the fruit he and Arlene bore. Look at Patrick Jr. Look at Matthew. Look at Kevin. Look at his beautiful daughter who he loves the most. I know all of you were saying, but <laughs> his daughter, Colin, was his favorite, but, period. Yes, she was. No doubt. Yes, she is. <laughs> <laughs> and so... They're all brilliant. This is what we bring to the table. Well, it, it's interesting that you say that because I've heard um, you know, the same thing, obviously, you know, and I've had the opportunity to, to speak at the building trades, you know, when Pat, you know, when, when we had something to, 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 to promote or whatever, but always heard that family was first. Family and, first. And, you know, and, and that uh, is such an important part of, 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 your foundation as a person, but it says everything about Pat Gillespie. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about his big smile, and it's funny because, Ryan, you talk about his wrath also. I, I caught that a couple times. Oh. You know, one was when I talked to him, I said, listen, no, I got a couple more minutes. No, Pat was no, wickedly, he was wickedly funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. His <laughs> sense of humor and the timing of his sense of humor to break the tension in the room, and it, it is different strategies that you use in negotiations sometimes to break the tension in the room to divert attention I used to read books and I'm like this guy is a master class in how to deal with people yeah he did he knew people how to deal with people people from every ethnic background people from every socioeconomic background I only wish that I really learned how to play golf. He want him. He and Wayne would just. Uh, so I, I, I would want to be a part of those drives because my mentor he didn't fly. So I got a lot of learning by driving Mr. Staten around Chicago, <laughs> Florida. <laughs> um, but I wanted. I wish I would have had that time in the car with Pat and Wayne, but I didn't golf. 
and you look at the mentorship because you're not a good leader unless you leave good leaders behind. So you look at the mentorship of another wickedly smart kid that probably was a little misdirected as a youth who came up to be, I don't care how controversial it is, the arm wrestle sometime, one of the most brilliant labor leaders in the history of this country, as was Pat, and that's John Doherty. Look at what they did with Local 98. Look at how now we're on the forefront of everyone. Absolutely. Pat, I think Pat Gillespie, learning how to go into the boards, and it carries on to Butch Bennett, myself, Brian Edis. We all got that mentorship. Bobby Heenan, we had legendary guys, Sam Staten, legendary guys around that room. And imagine Pat. Right now I have people with egos like this. Pat operated with people with egos like that. And the corral those people? Yeah. <sighs> I pray to Pat every night, like, what the heck did you put me into, man? <laughs> <laughs> Some of the guys that Pat was leading became international presidents. Yeah, absolutely. So think of the ego it takes you to even say that, look, out of a couple of hundred thousand members, I'm the best guy to lead it. He had Wayne. He had Wayne. Come on now. And ha- and having those and, and and Ryan having those individuals want to be led by him. Yes. Well, he took you whether you wanted to be or not. I I learned that Pat was a a, a forgiveness, not permission type of guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why. And that's, yeah, why that's why he was a good Catholic because he probably went to confessional. <laughs> he was definitely a forgiveness, not permission type. Uh, of guy. Arlene. Well, you know, we, that dynamic at, in the boardroom, obviously, at, at the Philadelphia Building Trades, um, when, when you talk about leading the, leading the household, how did, how's that transition, um, you know, at, at, in, in a partnership with, with a man who's leading, you know, a movement, hundreds of thousands are strong, along with in representing the whole movement to boardrooms, presidents, all the... How does that translate to, uh, you know... You know, the, the, well, the home front. It, it was never about him. He, it was really never about him. He was never like that. I mean, he really truly lived um, a, a, that kind of a life, you know? It was never about him. Well, you know, uh, but, and, he, and he was fun. I mean, yeah, he was as funny at home as he <laughs> I fell in love with him because yeah. he made me laugh, you know? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Well, I'll tell you, um, our movement and Ryan, your words. Um, ring so true, and and I, I, John Doherty, who we're going to have up in a, in, in a while, is is going to be you know talked about um, the mentorship there and having a front seat. Um, it's so important when it comes to handing the baton off to to to, to have uh, obviously leaders that um, had the experience to be mentored and to and, and to experience that up front. I know as a young labor leader when you came in, I mean it must have been awesome sitting in the room with Mr. Staten. Uh, Obviously you, t- you got Tom Kelly, you got John Doherty, you got um all the guys around the table, Wayne Miller. That was like an all star team of epic epic proportions who led each one of their own unions. You know? It is funny. When I first started going to the building trades meeting to represent Sam Senior I was the youngest guy in the meetings by 15 years and also the least experienced. Now I look around the table, other than Wayne and Pat, I'm one of the senior guys now. And 
Pat Gillespie means a lot to me personally. I When I can get a moment to guard my private time, I guard it jealously. <clears throat> and today is my daughter's 32nd birthday. It's the thing that made me a man. My grandson turned four yesterday. We're having a big festivity, but I said I would not let this day go by. I didn't want to call it in. I didn't want to phone it in because if you know Pat, when you wanted to talk to Pat about something serious, you had to come to the Havertown table. You know, and he, he had so much pride in his family and his home and just everything. And I learned sometimes by observation. And I just watched the way he moved. And everyone respected Pat Gillespie. And Pat was your friend. He was your friend. Oh, yeah. And it's just... I can't say enough about Pat and what he's done for the labor movement. And when history books are made, Pat is going to be the start of the new, the Renaissance era of the building trades. Gone are the days where it was total brawn. There's still some brawn, but it was more intellectual, more subtle, more relationship building, more getting at the table, at the absolute genesis of a project and seeing it through and having a holistic approach to not just the tradesmen but the professionals the finance people everything having a vertically integrated sort of like a corporation because I do believe that Pat was a capitalist but the right type of capitalist where we have a bargain between the worker class and the investor class and everybody wins Great words and a great way to end this segment on the Legend of Labor special uh, here as we broadcast from Sprinkler Fitters Local uh, 692. Pat Gillespie Sr. was the business manager of the Philadelphia Building and Construction Trades Council from 1982 until his retirement in 2015. Back in a moment. Piazzi, the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. What it means is simple. Every large-scale event in the city of Philadelphia on the Parkway, at the Wells Fargo Center, the Convention Center, or in the Kimmel Center is created and executed by IATSE. These dedicated union members proudly serve the city of Philadelphia and the millions of people that are directly affected by their work. IATSE Local Number 8, Mike Barnes, President and Business Manager. First chartered in 1903, Steamfitters Local 420 has been constructing and installing mechanical systems throughout the Delaware Valley for over a century. United by excellence, this local is proud to have worked on projects such as the Sun Oil Refineries, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, and the stadiums for all our Philly teams. From helmets to hard hats, Local 420 represents the history of Philadelphia. Steamfitters Local 420, Jim Snell, Business Manager. Sprinkler Fitters Local 692 represents a storied history and heritage of steam fitters, plumbers, and gas fitters dating back to the late 1800s and continues today to thrive into the 21st century. Local 692 is a highly trained group of skilled individuals. Local 692 represents the Philadelphia building trades and provides excellence completing the job on time under budget. Local 692, a proud member of the Philadelphia Union community. Wayne Miller, business manager. Today's program has been pre-recorded. On behalf of the Legends of Labor Hall of Fame members, the late Sam Staten Sr. and the late Wendell Young III, 
Welcome the newest member to the Legends of Labor Hall of Fame, Patrick B. Gillespie Sr. And welcome back, everyone, here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT as we bring you this very special broadcast. J-Doc, it's our Legend of Labor special broadcast. We're broadcasting today uh, from Sprinkler Fitters Local uh, 692, where our gracious host is uh, Wayne Miller, fitting, I think, Wayne Miller, who joins us now along with John Doherty on set for our uh, next segment. We're talking, of course, and paying tribute to Pat Gillespie Sr., but fitting, Wayne, that we uh, do the show and um, and deliver this broadcast from here. Uh, at the start of the month of April, when the, when we broadcast the show, leading into the All-Star Labor Classic, and I think that Pat Gillespie Sr. and you and John and all that is part of that incredible event uh, starts uh, with Pat Gillespie Sr. Uh, and you, so it's nice to have you on. Welcome in. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. Uh, there's a lot of things that, that Pat did, but... Uh, the All-Star Labor Classic was one of his greatest things. Uh, helping, we started out with United, United Cerebral Palsy. And it was Pat Gillespie, uh, Pat Eiding, Sam Glassmeyer. Sam. And uh, one other person that was involved putting that together. And that was brilliant. And that was the Building Trades charity. And Pat made sure it stayed the Building Trades charity. And we raised a lot of money, over $3 million or something like that, and we're still doing it. But that was Pat's vision. But before I get into other things is that, you know, when you have these jobs like myself, Doc, and all the other business managers, our families sacrifice a great deal. And uh, from, from their children to your grandchildren, and, um, you know, and, and we could never do these jobs without great women behind us. And Arlene, you're the best. The best. Um, and, you know, one thing is, is Pat Gillespie was my friend. Uh, we, had our, uh, we had a lot of good times together, Pat and I. And, but he always looked out for everyone else. He started the All-Star Labor Classic. He started ATAP for people with drug addictions and... Um, and, and drinking issues, and uh, Pat started that. And what, what, how it was started is that nobody wanted to give anybody a second chance when you worked in a refinery or things like that. If you tested positive for drugs or alcohol, you were done for life. Life. You never had a job. That, Pat couldn't stand that. He couldn't stand for that. And he put ATAP together and had everybody had a, a second chance to, to, to get good. And that is the things that Pat did. And when Pat did things, he did them. He was well thought out of everything he did. He might, you might not, not have thought that, but Pat was very, very bright. And uh, he would treat, like everybody was saying, he would treat the, the laborer just the same thing as he would treat a president. And he had no qualms in telling people what he thought. He wanted everybody to be what they were. And that's what he did. He, uh, he, he, he gave everybody their shot. I have a quick story I'd like to tell you is that when I first started, I came in from the field in 1991. And they were doing the convention center, which Pat was instrumental in getting the convention center. I didn't know Pat. I was a business agent. And when you come in from the field, as Doc can attest, 
we're 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 gruff and and you don't care about people or, or anything when you come in from that field you're just you're t- you're hard so it was a, it was my first two weeks in the business and 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 when i was in the business i first got there it was the convention center and it was had asbestos in it so i said my people ain't working here they're just the way it is they're not going to work on this job and everybody's saying who's this guy we don't even know who he is so they Driscoll and a few other contractors were there. So I told them, it's not happening. He said, well, we're going to get a meeting. I said, you can get all the meetings you want. My people ain't working here. So I get in a big argument at this meeting. Well, Pat Gillespie's in the back, but I didn't know he was in the back for years later. You know, and the thing is, is it, so we start talking about it one day, me and him. I says, you were in the back of that meeting? He says, yeah. I said, well, why didn't you say something? You were ahead of the building trades. He said, you were doing good. Why did I have to put it? That's how Pat was. He gave you your rope to do things. And again, um, the things that he did for the Philadelphia building trades is unbelievable. They went from being archaic one time after that 60 minutes deal, and then Pat brought it along. He brought along project labor agreements. Nobody did that before Pat. Pat was instrumental. You hear about the Boston Harbor Agreement. Pat was involved in, in the principles of the Boston Harbor Agreement. You don't hear that. Everybody else takes credit for everything. He's the smartest labor leader I've ever been around. And I could never figure him out sometimes. I would argue with him all the time. I'd say, yeah, 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 I ain't doing that. You know, and the thing is, a week later, I'd say, okay, now I know, now I know why he did it, right? And when Pat Gillespie was your friend, he was your friend. You know, like I always say, the Irishman, if they love you, they can justify, justify homicide for yourself. And that's the way Pat was. And it didn't make any difference who you were. And he, he was, he, I was in so many meetings with him and different things like that as a doc. And uh, Pat was, he had one thing that he wanted. He wanted everything to be union. And that's it. And that was the, the issue that he took and, and went on. As they were talking about with Pat, and when they were talking about the school districts, when they went to, to Harrisburg, Pat had a vision of make, building every school the same way. One architect for all the schools. All the lights are the same. All the things, so you, you can purchase things and do a lot more. That was Pat's vision, and he pushed all this stuff. And, 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 and again, he... he he, he made people in this business. He made me, he made Doc, he made Ryan, and he took care of Sam Staten Sr. Like, like his grandfather. And nobody did, did things like that. So, you know, when you think of Pat, you think that he's, he's, he's the most fairest person I know. He had the greatest sense of humor. Uh, and he, he really, he, he, he did. He, he, he was so funny. And the thing is, he never forgot anybody. He would brag about my grandchildren more than I would. That's how Pat was. He was good to everybody. And he was the most generous person I ever knew. Wow, great stuff uh, from Wayne Miller. A great way to start awesome. the segment. John Doherty, let's bring you in and give you an opportunity to, uh, with an open microphone, sir. Well, I think we're going to have to take a second and let that digest. So yeah. I want to thank both of you for inviting me to the Arlene Gillespie Hour. <laughs> but uh look if you listen to the previous speakers you listen to the family you listen to ryan you listen to wayne and by the way 
you know, I was literally, you know, I, I always tell people, I was like Ray Donovan between Pat Gillespie and Ryan Boyer. They're so much more, both of them are so much more articulate than I ever was. They have unbelievable control of the English language, and they quoted history and a lot of, you know, intelligent people way more than I did. But the one thing that I did with both of them, and I picked it up from Pat, was there's no replacement for loyalty. Okay? You just can't buy it. Okay? You don't eventually learn it. Either have it or you don't. And Pat was the most loyal, smart human being that I ever knew. And Wayne, you know, talked about an awful lot. Pat, I sat with Pat, and everybody has their piece of Pat. I have 20 years of every day, seven days a week, communicating with Pat. I tell people, I'm lucky enough I had not only a father, but a great father-in-law. But outside of them two, it was Pat. I bounced more things off him in my personal life than I did my priest, my in-laws, anybody close to me. We, we had a Wayne and, you know, I, everybody knows I love Wayne. I mean, literally like a brother. We had Wayne, myself, Mikey Farah, Pat Gillespie, Sam Staden. And Mr. Staden's just in a league of his own. There's never going to be another one of him. He was just a classy individual in an environment where it would have been easy not to be who he was, okay? And I accredit his successes to him being an unbelievable individual, a great human being, a man of faith, but also his partnership with Pat Gillespie. They just juggled everything that was sensitive about the industry. You know, it's easy to talk about all the good stuff, but the good stuff took time and took money. And Pat was able to put a lot of people in the room. I always joke about myself when I started I had like seven or eight international presidents or secretary treasurers in that room. When I walked into the room, Pat Gillespie saved me a seat. Uh, Ed Keenan said to me, here's the books. You're now the secretary treasurer of the mechanical trades. And I had everybody there. And then they said, and we ordered food across the street. You got to go get it. And then you have to pay for it. And then at two o'clock, we're going to drink at Rock Lobster, you're going to come down, get a beer with us, and you're going to drink, and we're going to tell you all about the trades. And in that room was Marty Mataloni, international president, okay, John Doherty, the cement mason, international president, Tom Kelly, secretary treasurer, Ed Keenan and Sam could have been anything they wanted, Pat Eating, head of the AFL-CIO, and kind of like a heart and soul of the labor movement for a lot of years. Uh, Pat Gillespie was just it. Coriel was a younger version of Ed Coriel, and I can go on and on. Pat Finley, who wound up being an international president, wasn't even in the room yet. Mikey Farrer was helping me bring the food back. Okay, so, you know, that's how talented. Wayne wasn't around. It was Jackie was the head of the sprinkler fitters. Uh, it was just an amazing group of people. Pat juggled every one of them, unions and egos, masterfully. They, they, they should have a course at Princeton or UCLA on the West Coast where people think they know labor. And he used that talent and resource to raise the level of height for all the buildings. Another masterful performance that he was behind. Now, I wasn't with him when he secured the funding for the Philadelphia Convention Center, but I was with him when he took the lead and saved the Convention Center. 
he saved the hospitality industry. And people think that he did it just by restructuring agreements. He did it by having a relationship with Sam Staden, who had a personal relationship with Mayor Street that developed into a personal relationship with Pat Gillespie. And Pat Gillespie wasn't afraid to have John Street, nor was John Street afraid to have Pat Gillespie at their house for dinner. Okay? And in today's world, that don't sound like a big deal. Okay? But that was a big deal someday in this business. You know, your father was another legendary labor leader, and your father had a great relationship with Gillespie. And did he, they beat each other up all the time. Your dad, every building trades meeting that I was present, somewhere along the line, would take a shot at Pat about either golfing or being a Republican or living in a suburb or whatever. I mean, but at the end of the day... My dad wasn't all, all that eloquent, <laughs> yeah, but he loved well, Pat. <laughs> well, well, your dad also had an understanding of what he was doing, and he knew how to get the yes. And Pat taught all of us how to get the yes. Well, you talked about that group of labor leaders, mm-hmm. and I think of my dad... And I, and, and I got the opportunity to walk into that room back, way back then. My dad talks about you when you were a young buck, 32 years old, coming in. One of the things that my dad says, and, and you know, I've been hearing about Pat Gillespie for years before I even, um, but he talked about the electrician's union back when you took it over and how he's, he said to me many times, people don't remember what, what difficulties they were under. Um, but what's interesting about that is when you came in, when I think about that group of labor leaders, I think about the leadership it took because everybody wants something and everybody needs something. Everybody has their own constituents, their own members that are only looking at their own union. And to be able to juggle that, that talent alone, to lead those men and to get things done when everybody's got their own relationships with their own constituents um, is, is genius. And he did it for so long. He had long-term relationships and people respected him. He went to the AFL-CIO meetings. Now, on the days where he didn't feel like getting involved in, you know, the, the inner workings, he had his good friend Tony Wigglesworth sitting right next to him, who basically was responsible for all them inner workings. Okay, and Tony Wigglesworth and Pat had relationships. So when it came time for the convention center, and let me tell you, there were... People said, okay, well, you know, you got it. You wrestled with the carpenter. You wrestled with the teams. You wrestled. I only wrestled with them because they were taking on Mr. Stater for no reason because he put the deal together. And at the end, they reneged on the deal. Okay, people don't understand that. Okay, and Gillespie was in the middle of it. But Gillespie, I was doing all the dirty stuff, and Gillespie was outside doing the significant stuff. What he was doing, he was meeting with the food and commercial workers. He was meeting with the hotel workers. He was meeting with all the people that were going to benefit by a re-energized, okay, hospitality community. And his relationships with Lynn Fox and people like that, people will never really document it. But they help get these deals done. You know, you don't think Pat went to Harrisburg with Freddie DeBona for like six months and left Arlene and the kids home to get a convention center built to have it fall apart and turn into an open mall. I mean, he loved what he did, and he was good at what he did. And like I said, I, I just think that... You know, because he was so good at letting everybody else, okay, do what they were good at, that people don't understand what a brilliant man he was. Articulate beyond. When he got up and spoke, I used to go like this, oh, okay, I was just waiting for the next. Now, I was waiting for some crazy stuff. Wayne can tell you, we can tell you five or six stories that 
we're not allowed to say on the radio. On the, on the radio? Yeah. Oh, oh listen. Or because we're out of time. One or the other. <laughs> okay. Right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap that up quick for you. But, but you, hey, Joe, but you got to understand, it, you know, an hour would never do no. any of these labor leaders that you honor. No. Okay. Enough time. But that man, okay, with what he did, he sat down with Ed Randell. Wayne was at the table. I was at the table. Sam Staten was at the table. We're at the Palm. We're sitting there. It's like 3.30 in the afternoon. Uh, Rendell comes down and says, hey, I want your support for governor. And he says to him, you know, I really don't like you. He said, I know, he said, I know you really don't like me. He said, but you get stuff done. He said, I've had more in common with Bob Casey, and I wrestled with his father forever. He said, but I just don't think he's going to build things like you built. He said, so look, you guys wrestle on the social issues, but you're solid on our issues and you have my support. So he looks over at Mr. Staden and he says, was that an endorsement? And Pat said, oh, and you're paying for the meal and got up and left. Just like, I mean, here's a guy who wanted to support. You have to understand the magnitude of that meeting and you have to understand the casual. Look, there was a meeting on Good Friday up in Harrisburg. Okay, we can't talk about Holy Thursday. Pat, just, you just have to understand. When the, when, when the message was being misrepresented, he brought it back, but he brought it back in a fashion where he made everybody stop and really realize who they were. That was Pat. Now, I look at the successes we had. Local 98, when I left, we had the number one assets in the IBW, in the whole country and everything. I would have never had that business mentality if it wasn't for Pat. He used to tell me, get out of the political stuff. You know, they always joke, and Tony will elaborate on this. He wanted us all to be in the boardrooms. But you know how talented he was? He used to tell us it was time to get out of the boardroom. Think about that. Go in, accomplish it, and then get the heck out because there's nothing good can happen to you after you accomplished your goal where you set the stuff, you know, and let somebody else get in there. He was just, look, he was a brilliant man as well as a great family man, and I love him and miss him. And literally, I can tell you, I, I think about him every single day. The greatest compliment. Look, I was involved with his retirement party, which was one of the best. I was involved with naming the building after him. I've been involved in, you know, I was helping him get dressed to play in the All-Star Labor Classic, and then we talked him out of it. <laughs> I used to cut him. You used to cut him. <laughs> <laughs> and look, and I, I didn't have that type of internal fortitude. If he told me he was playing, he was playing. If he told me he wanted sneakers, I went out and bought sneakers. That was just my relationship with the man. You, you know, with Pat, if you said, what was your greatest feat to do that you had come to Philadelphia? Was it the convention center or was it the All-Star Labor Classic? He would say the All-Star Labor Classic because mm-hmm. he helped children that needed help. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say I said three people when I was talking before it started. It was Midge Clavin, business manager of Sprinkler Fitters, who brought the girls' team into existence in the All-Star Labor Classic, Sam Glassmeyer, Pat Gillespie, and Pat Eiding. I, I missed that when I was talking, but that's what Pat would be most proud of because he helped people. And when he did that, he wasn't, nobody was getting in his way to, to find his goal. He'd walk in a room when we first started. Uh, what's the goal? 50000 next year. 100000 I said, Pat, you're, you can't make these, you can't meet this. And he says, oh, yes, we can. <laughs> when we made it, that's the way Pat was. Wasn't he, Doc? You and Pat together, okay, took that to a level that's way beyond anybody's expectations. And what blows me away is that you and Pat, Never forgot anybody's name. You know every child. You know every parent. You know everybody that was an administrator. 
you know, and it was amazing. And everything you did with that group of people, okay, you put smiles on them. You almost have to have. I have somebody with Sealy being in a wheelchair. It's amazing the magnitude and, and the family and the money and, and just the heart that you need to have to do that every day. So I have a different look at disabilities today than I had. What you do, I don't think you really even understand. You and Pat Gillespie have been amazing and have taken that way beyond, and you've given people smiles as much as money. Like Pat says, everybody has to be a star for one day, and then little children that couldn't walk or anything, we had a ritual at the game from, from Pat would put together. Pat would give you the orders, and you did it, right? So he had a ritual. He says, you got to make these kids feel good. I said, okay. So what we did is we got him into the game, and the labor team was always losing by one point, and they would give the ball to Reggie and Will, Will Minch, the kids, and the, uh, the players would lift them up, and the ball would go in the basket, and the fans would go crazy. And, and, and like Pat said, everybody needs to be a star well, at least once in our life. And them kids were so happy. That's all we cared about, at, you know. And, uh, and Goffa with his grandkid. Oh, yeah, with Patrick. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Just as long as you don't you put everything out, Pat. Okay. Good stuff. <laughs> Great stuff from Wayne Miller and John Doherty on the Legends of Labor special honoring Pat Gillespie uh, Sr. As John referenced, there's, it's just impossible to um, do this show, J-Doc, in one hour. Um, this concludes our number one uh, of our two-hour special, the Legend, Legends of Labor special, as we broadcast from Sprinkler Fitters Local 692. On the other side, we'll kick off our number two. Uh, Lisa Dealey will join us. Bobby Heenan will join us. Tony Wigglesworth uh, and Butch Bennett will be here uh, to, and join us as well. We'll also hear from Jimmy Snell. All of that in our number two of this very uh, special broadcast for the legends of labor. Back in a moment. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded. This Legends of Labor Hall of Fame induction show honoring Patrick B. Gillespie is presented by Steamfitters Local 420, Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, IOTSE Local 8, Plumbers Local 690, and the Valley Forge Tourism and Convention Board. And welcome back, everyone, here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, the labor show with J-Doc and Krause. But, of course, tonight, J-Doc, we step aside. It's our Legends of Labor special broadcast. We're from broadcasting from Sprinkler Fitters Local uh, 692, where Wayne Miller is our gracious host today and delivered a great segment. Uh, thanks to Wayne and John Doherty for jumping on uh, in our final segment. We're one hour into uh, this two-hour special, um, and it is just incredible, J-Doc, as I toss back over to you and before we bring our next guest in. It's incredible what you learn well, when you it, listen it, uh, to the um, uh, to those that had joined us in the opening uh, hour, and of course Arlene joining us and Pat Jr. joining us. Uh, he was just an amazing man. Well, uh, you know, you talk about the Legends of Labor Hall of Fame, and like we said it, as we kicked it off, uh, Pat uh, Gillespie Sr. epitomizes the spirit of the words uh, legends of labor. Uh, and and we're, we're it is amazing. You sit down, you listen to Wayne Miller, or, or John Doherty, uh, and, and you, just, you just sit there and listen because you listen and learn. Ryan Boyer as well, and, of course, Arlene, his beautiful wife. And um, 
you know, this is not a surprise. One of the things I like to do before we bring our next guest in, a, a little bit about Pat. He, you, know, he, you know, he was a true American after high school. He was drafted into the Army, served in the Pennsylvania National Guard. Um, you know, he, he was a member and eventual officer at Local 542 of the International Union of Operating Engineers. We haven't said this, you know, tonight so far. A member of the PA House of Representatives, state rep, uh, where he served Delaware County residents in the 162 district from 1975 to 1977. And, of course, like you mentioned, Joe, business manager of the Philadelphia Building and Construction Trades Council from 1982 to his retirement in 2015. I mean, you know, the impact that he's made and, and, and the hat that he wore, um, the proudest was that of, of, of a family man. And so um, a life incredibly well lived and the epitome of what we would say Hall of Fame. And so I want to bring in uh, to the broadcast, uh, Lisey Dealey of uh, the City Commissioner. How are you? Fine, thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Long time Philadelphia uh, City Councilman Bobby Heenan. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Jay doc Good to see you all. And it's, it's great to have you here. And, and um, you know, Pat Gillespie uh, had, a, had a special place in, in both of your hearts, um, you know, up close and personal. Lisa, if you will share some of your, your insights. You know, first of all, I've had the blessing of having a lot of honors in my life. And I, this today, to be here today with the Gillespie family uh, and to be part of this beautiful tribute will forever be one of the greatest honors. So thank you all so very much. Our pleasure. And, you know, I, I hear all these great stories about Pat, and I can't help but just think about one of my fondest memories, and that was the Christmas parties um, that they used to have at the Plumber's Hall, and you had to sing, and you had to listen to Pat sing, and, and, <laughs> and Mr. Keenan, too, um, who, who they, all, they thought they were great singers. <laughs> but there was a lot of fun. Uh, there, were, there were great times, and I just always marveled um, at Mr. Gillespie's ability and it's been said so many times but it is so true to treat everyone the same yeah and he just you just felt like he he got you and he loved you and he you know you were his friend and if you were his friend and he liked you you knew it and it was one of the greatest the greatest things and lisa was he a good singer he was he was really he could sing carry a tune really how about that you know you bring up the plumber's hall and, 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 you know, it reminds me of the old softball, the building trade softball uh, league. And I was the coach of the iron workers. Okay. This isn't a long story, is it? Jim? Well, it's not a long one, but what I, st- we stopped over to Spike's trophies to pick up the nice plaque that we're going to present the family. And I, it, 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 we used to, we used to do uh, Pat, Pat and uh, big Ed Keenan would do the banquet at, 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 at the plumber's hall. Right. You remember Wayne. And, my dad once said to me, because I was the coach of the Iron Workers, he brought me in and he said, listen, you see that little trophy? It was a third place trophy. The Iron Workers were, and still today, were in that league for 50 years and still haven't won a championship. My dad said, we, we put $50,000 into that one little third place trophy. And Pat Gillespie and Big Ed Keenan, the way, they would, the way they would set the teams, like if you won the championship, you were at the front, Right. At the time, us and the roofer spent the whole time, decades, by the bar. In the- to the bar. <laughs> I remember going to Pat, to Pat Gillespie going, you think we could change this and kind of mix it up a little bit? He said, you got to win the championship. But, um, yeah, so you, you, you bring some great members. So Bob, Bobby Heenan, uh, if you would, you know, we know you had a great relationship with Pat Gillespie and a lot of experiences. If you would, your insights. Oh, look, uh, you know, first, thank you for, uh, allowing me to be a part of this honor. Pat was much more than a legend. Uh, 
um, and, uh, of labor. He was a giant influence on my life. And Arlene, to you and the family, thank you for sharing him with me. You know, one of my only regrets is that I didn't know him earlier in, in my life and in my career. So he, uh, you know, he was larger life. And, you know, the opportunity I had to meet Pat Gillespie is because of John Doherty. I, you know, John uh, trusted me. I was a young man who uh, had the passion for labor, had the passion for trying to help people out and loved solving complex uh, uh, issues and problems. And, and John gave me the opportunity. And because of that loyal with John, all right, Pat just took me under his wing, as I like to say. So I had two incredible, legendary mentors in my life in the labor movement. Uh, and Pat is, as, as John was saying uh, earlier in the first segment, you know, Pat didn't deal with a lot of the, you know, little small political infighting or, 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 or shenanigans or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, he used to, he used to send, he used to send me, right, to go in and, and, and do all that while he was flying. He was always 30,000 feet above. Right? He was, he was looking at the big picture. He knew people. He knew, all right, how to break ice in every boardroom and every meeting. He was the. He used humor to break the ice. He used his wit. All right. If you thought anything else than how smart and intelligent and how well read Pat was, you lost. He had you. He he would uh, he would sit there doing a Sudoku, whistle, hum, all right, and then thinking that he's not real really paying attention or when's he gonna. What's he going to do? Everybody's looking to see what Pat's going to do. And next thing you know, he takes command of the entire room, right? And he would say to somebody, okay, that's enough. All right, let me tell you how this is going to go, yeah. right? Listen, this is, this is how we're going to do things. And this is, this is who we're going to help, all right? Because his mission was how can we, all right, help uh, union men and women, all right, get to the next job. He was always thinking about, all right, the next job, which is everybody's family on that next job. And he was a part of my family. And I was glad and, and proud to, you know, to have a, a little open arms for, for, for Pat's family and allow me to be, to be a part of it. But he was an incredible man, and he was my buddy. And that's what he used to always say, about, as, as, my, as my buddy right there. What's interesting, having the two of you up here um, uh, right now, when you talk about Pat Gillespie, let's, let's not, you know, Politics, okay. Uh, the, you talk about Sam Staten Senior and Pat Gillespie. Um, we talk about the boardroom. We talk about, but you know, we we gained a lot of our, uh, you know, our strength and influence um, through the political process, through voting, Lisa and 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 and, and Bobby. Um, and you know, I it was before my time. But um, those guys set the blueprint, you know, to have a not only a table, uh, a seat at the table uh, in the boardrooms, but also politically and the importance of voting and engaging our labor union members to get involved in the process. Okay, which is why we're so vibrant. It's why when we speak, okay, um, you know, people respect, you know, you know what we're what we're talking about in our point of view and, and because we care about working people um it, it, it almost goes hand in hand uh, and we support by the way political candidates who support us okay uh and and there was a day when they didn't hold that against you 
having said that, uh, Lisa, talk about that, and be, because you know you've always had. Uh, you know, I mean, the su- support of, of, of the Building Trades Pack, Westby, was a big part of that. Yeah. Pat always saw the, the undeniable connection between when you vote and what that, what that translates as far as f- fair work wages, safe places, and how important it was for workers to realize that, to realize that their power was in their vote. It wasn't just to come in and vote for your labor leader, but it was also to adopt and to back the, the candidates that, that shared your values and that wanted the same things that you wanted, which were family-sustaining jobs, safe workplaces, safe environments for our kids to go to school, uh, to protect our, our communities. Pat was all about that. He was all about family and community and the connection that that has with people who participate in the civic process by voting is undeniable. And Pat really brought that home uh, with the unions and got people involved, not only you know in, in uh, monetary donations, which we all need, um, but also when it came to knocking doors and talking to your neighbors and talking to your family members and, and, and just keep... And your union members. And your, and your fellow union members and telling them how important it is to have a voice and to have that voice be heard, to have that voice be heard at the voting booth. He really got that and he, and he really pushed that message for years, for years. And I, and I can remember one time uh, being at a... And, you know, and if Pat was part of your, uh, your campaign or your movement, you know, it was real. I was at an event once, and I heard Pat speak, and it was already talked about so many times about how articulate he was and how he could command a room. He mentioned that uh, someone spoke truth to power, and as I sit here today and listen to everybody talk, it was really Pat who spoke truth to power, and I was just honored and privileged to be in those rooms so many times. Yeah, and... and, uh Bobby Heenan, uh, we only have a couple minutes left, but I know we're going to be going to a, another set, but um, and we're going to get Butch Bennett up on the broadcast as well. Um, your, your thoughts there? Yeah, so uh, I want to get a couple things in quickly. Uh, one, Pat let us run campaigns, right? He, you know, uh, he let us, he told me one time, he says, you have to wear a white shirt on election day. I'm like, oh, Pat said I got to wear a white shirt on election day. So I went out and bought five white shirts, right? <laughs> Made sure I had a white shirt on election day. To this day, for no reason at all, but Pat was, you know, playing around with me. I wore a white shirt on, on election day. And what Pat really cared about was playing golf with his, with his grandkids and playing chess. Uh, and I'll get to that. I want to end with that. Uh, uh, politics. Uh, we ran campaigns, all right, for the right reasons. Pat never forgot if an elected official... Uh, went back on the word against union labor, he'll, he'll never forget that, right? And he told them that. And that's what people respected. You see, I seen him get up and leave uh, governor meetings. I seen him get up and leave a room in the mayor's office, all right, just to prove his point. He was all about the strategy, all right, of working men and women. We were about the, you know, doing the politics or the campaigns of it, all right? He was about the strategy for down the road. All right? And the Pat Gillespie that I knew when I had cancer uh, almost 15 years ago, all right, Pat knows how much time I put into my job, how much sacrifice, because he did the same thing. All right? And he, wanted, he, wanted to, he, he didn't want me to make some of the mistakes that he made. So what Pat did was, while I was recovering, 
right, from surgery. He bought me a chess set, all right? And he bought me a chess set because that's what he did with his family. And now my kids play chess and... You know, I can't even let them win because, you know, they smoke me right out, right out of the gate, all right? But what the, the power of that is, all right, it brought me closer with my kids, all right, in a time when my family needed it, and I got the opportunity to do that to somebody else. That's the Pat Gillespie, all right, and the giant and the legend of, of, of labor that I know and that I will never forget. And he was my buddy. He would always say this, we are always on the good side of the, the – we're on the good side of the angels, all right? And in closing, all right, he was on the good side of the, you know, the angels were on the good side of him, all right, because he helped out more people than you can imagine. Well, great stuff. Great way to end the uh, segment. Changing the lives of people we'll never know. Back in a moment. First chartered in 1903, Steamfitters Local 420 has been constructing and installing mechanical systems throughout the Delaware Valley for over a century. United by excellence, this local is proud to have worked on projects such as the Sun Oil Refineries, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, and the stadiums for all our Philly teams. From helmets to hard hats, Local 420 represents the history of Philadelphia. Steamfitters Local 420, Jim Snell, business manager. Sprinkler Fitters Local 692 represents a storied history and heritage of steam fitters, plumbers, and gas fitters dating back to the late 1800s and continues today to thrive into the 21st century. Local 692 is a highly trained group of skilled individuals. Local 692 represents the Philadelphia building trades and provides excellence completing the job on time under budget. Local 692, a proud member of the Philadelphia Union community. Wayne Miller, business manager. The Valley Forge Tourism and Convention Board is proud to sponsor tonight's Legends of Labor Hall of Fame induction of the late Patrick B. Gillespie, the longtime visionary leader of the Philadelphia building trades. The Valley Forge Tourism and Convention Board appreciates their long and rewarding history with the building trades. A world of adventure rich in American history awaits you in Valley Forge and Montgomery County. To discover more, visit valleyforge.org. Plumbers Local 690 proudly promotes, supports, and endorses the belief plumbers protect the health of the nation. The highly skilled workers of Plumbers Local 690 specialize in commercial and residential work. Plumbers Local 690 workers work on stadium projects and the largest corporate projects and your residential property. Plumbers Local 690, George P. Graham, Business Manager. God bless America. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. Today's program has been pre-recorded. On behalf of the Legends of Labor Hall of Fame members, the late Sam Staten Sr. and the late Wendell Young III, welcome the newest member to the Legends of Labor Hall of Fame, Patrick B. Gillespie Sr. We roll on here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Special thanks to Bobby Heenan and Lisa Dealey, J. Doc, who... Uh, joined us in uh, our last uh, segment and as we move on to Tony's Tony Wigglesworth and Butch Bennett um, and I made the comment during the break I'm just a listener today and I hope the listening audience and the big listening audience on talk radio 1210 WPHT um, knows a lot more uh, about Pat Gillespie senior um, winning and accepting uh, the award with his family here today Uh, a true true legend 
legend of labor for sure. Absolutely, Joe. It's a total honor to be here and uh, be a part of this, uh, you know, really incredible experience. Um, Those were Lisa Dealey's words, by the way. Yeah. Pretty powerful. No, absolutely. And, and uh, welcome Butch Bennett and, and Tony Wigglesworth into the broadcast. Uh, uh, Butch, I'll, I'll go to you first, if you will. Um, insights on Pat Gillespie, if you will. Uh, first off, um, to the family, um, I really, really, on behalf of the Philadelphia Building Trades and the Operating Engineers, uh, thank you for letting us have your husband, your father, your grandfather for as long as we did. Uh, Pat was amazing. Uh, and and I, I sit in a different position because I'm married to Sam Staten Sr.'s niece. And Bobby Heenan was like a father figure to me, Bobby Heenan, uh, from the Operating Engineers. So a couple of things real quick. My mother uh, was dying of uh, emphysema, and we had to rush her to the hospital one day. And um, I couldn't go to work. I was the business agent at the time for the operating engineers. And I called Bobby, kind of like I just said, he was a father figure to me. And kind of hysterical, um, letting him know what was going on. He said, call Pat. The reason why I had to call Pat was because she had been in emergency for like almost 24 hours and they didn't let her get into a room, which was unheard of. I made a call to Pat. I'm gonna say it was probably about eight o'clock in the morning. I think about 8.35 they were taking her up to her room. And I couldn't, I, I didn't know, and I don't wanna get emotional because my mother's been gone for 20 years now, but you still don't get past that. Um, I just never seen anything like that where he had the compassion to help me. And I never forgot that. Uh, it's nothing that I wouldn't do for Pat or his family today. Uh, Pat also, um, uh, Wayne brought up uh, the All-Star Classic. And I remember getting the calls from my business manager saying, Butchie, you got to make sure you go to the, the meeting. I said, yes, sir, I have it. Get a call from Pat. But you, you better be there, and you better take a picture. I said, yes, sir, I have it. After the meeting, Pat will call me. Were you there? I said, yes, sir, you know I was there. So Pat was always uh, in my head. He was always with me, and I just want to share this with the family. So whenever I go to work now, of course I go into the building that's named after him. But I was telling Pat Jr., if you come into my office and you sit at my desk, you look forward, there's a picture of Pat, Bobby Heenan, and Joe Doc looking at me. There's a picture of Pat on the right side of my wall. And there's a picture of Bobby Heenan and Sam Staten behind me. I even told Joe Doc this. I strategically placed these pictures in my office to remind me every day to do what's best for the members that we serve and try to make those gentlemen and those legends happy as I can. So they're with me every day, every day. So uh, if I can do this job and, and make Pat and Bobby and Sam happy, I've did my work. And uh, he's also showed me how to be a family man with my family. So yes, uh, I spend a lot of time with my family, both families. <laughs>
But yeah, Pat was, uh, he was just the best. And a lot of times we don't know that we're in the presence of greatness because we take it for granted. It's just every day. But no, he is a giant. Trust me. Awesome. And by the way, the Joe Doc he was talking about wasn't me. He doesn't have a picture. Butch don't have a picture. <laughs> it's a father. It's his father. <laughs> um, thank you, Butch. Incredible. Tony Wigglesworth, if you will. All right. First of all, thank you very much for allowing me to do this. Uh, I had the honor of knowing Pat Gillespie for almost 40 years, uh, 30 of that as a very close friend. Ironically, our paths crossed much before that. I cast my first vote when I was 18 for Pat Gillespie in Delaware County. Wow. Um, there are three things that I think about when I think of Pat. The first is family, and we've talked about that a lot here. Every conversation I had with him over the years had to include a family update. He was blessed with a family that gave him a great deal of joy. Uh, he had a daughter that he adored, a son in Matt that he admired, but knowing Pat, he had to fight, so he had two sons that were given to him so he could fight. Pat Gillespie also was the most loyal person that I've ever been around. Um, he taught me loyalty, and it started with loyalty to his wife. I know of the Pat before Arlene, and that Pat was a different Pat that we all got to know, and we're all better for having had Arlene in Pat Gillespie's life. That's awesome. Um, there are a lot of family people and a lot of loyal people, but Pat's unique gift, I believe, was his force of will. I have never seen anyone able to will something into existence. He would think it, he would say it, he would work it, and it would happen. And sometimes the best way to appreciate that is to view it through the eyes of an outsider. So I'm going to take a real quick imaginary trip. A conventioneer to Philadelphia flies into an airport, an airport that quite honestly was built through Pat Gillespie's legislative acumen. They get on a train run by SEPTA that only exists because he lobbied for a very unpopular gas tax in order to fund SEPTA. They arrive at a commuter tunnel. The commuter tunnel was Pat's first success as head of the Building Trades Council. Unthinkable for a declining and dying city at that time. They travel to a convention center. In that convention center, they sit in rooms that were built by Pat Gillespie and legislated through Harrisburg on behalf of Pat Gillespie. They are served by staff who would not be there but for the intervention of Pat Gillespie and making sure that the convention center works. They leave in order to go out to dinner and they see a skyline that Pat Gillespie was un uniquely responsible for. They dine in restaurants that are there because those buildings are there. And maybe if they're lucky, they get to go to a Phillies game or an Eagles game in houses that were built by Pat Gillespie. And if they don't like that stuff, they have the Kimmel Center to go to. That he lobbied through with his not-so-good friend, Ed Rendell, and created the Avenue of the Arts. That's the legacy of Pat Gillespie. There is a sub-Saharan tribe in Africa that believes that no one is truly dead until people don't speak their name anymore. Pat Gillespie's name will be spoken time and time and time again. We'll not see his like again. 
Great stuff from Tony Wigglesworth and Butch Bennett. Uh, just incredible. And as we go to the break, we use radio sometimes as theater of the mind. And even though we are, uh, we will have a video version of this broadcast, uh, use that theater of the mind and imagine uh, being that visitor. Uh, to the city that Tony uh, just described. Tony, well done. Great job. Great stuff. Butch Incredible. Bennett, um, don't ever, don't ever put J-Doc's picture <laughs> up on your wall. Keep it on your desk, will you, brother? Back in a moment. Hayatsi, the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. What it means is simple. Every large-scale event in the city of Philadelphia on the Parkway, at the Wells Fargo Center, the Convention Center, or in the Kimmel Center is created and executed by IATSE. These dedicated union members proudly serve the city of Philadelphia and the millions of people that are directly affected by their work. IATSE Local Number 8, Mike Barnes, President and Business Manager. First chartered in 1903, Steamfitters Local 420 has been constructing and installing mechanical systems throughout the Delaware Valley for over a century. United by excellence, this local is proud to have worked on projects such as the Sun Oil Refineries, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, and the stadiums for all our Philly teams. From helmets to hard hats, Local 420 represents the history of Philadelphia. Steamfitters Local 420, Jim Snell, Business Manager. Sprinkler Fitters Local 692 represents a storied history and heritage of steam fitters, plumbers, and gas fitters dating back to the late 1800s and continues today to thrive into the 21st century. Local 692 is a highly trained group of skilled individuals. Local 692 represents the Philadelphia building trades and provides excellence completing the job on time under budget. Local 692, a proud member of the Philadelphia Union community. Wayne Miller, business manager. Today's program has been pre-recorded. This Legends of Labor Hall of Fame induction show honoring Patrick B. Gillespie is presented by Steamfitters Local 420, Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, IOTC Local 8, Plumbers Local 690, and the Valley Forge Tourism and Convention Board. And back here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, our special Legends of Labor broadcast today from Sprinkler Fitters Local uh, 692. J-Doc, I've never seen, I know you're an emotional guy and you've been very emotional throughout the entire broadcast today. Um, Just really inspiring and my hope is that the listening audience, the big vast listening audience here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT now has a sense or now has an understanding. As Tony Wigglesworth described brilliantly uh, in the last segment, just really, really uh, good stuff. Jim Snell uh, from Steamfitters Local 420 um, was not able to physically be here today, but as he said to me uh, yesterday when we were prepping the Legends of Labor broadcast, Krause, there's absolutely no way that I cannot somehow um, be part of uh, the broadcast because he could not be here. Jim Snell, we are so glad uh, to be able to bring you in to put an exclamation point on what has been an incredible uh, 95 or 98 minutes, whatever it, ha- it has been. Jimmy, welcome in, sir. Krause, thanks so much for, for uh, allowing me to call in. And, and J-Doc, uh, sure. I, I, I say it all the time, you know, uh, I just want to thank you guys for giving us this platform. You know, it's, uh, it's phenomenal what you do. 
especially today. I mean, this is just just a great thing, honoring you know a, a legend, Pat Gillespie. Um, you know, I, I want to say good morning to you know Pat's wife Arlene and and, and the Gillespie uh, uh, family. Um, I, I'm sick to my stomach that I'm not there uh, in person, uh, but uh, I'm I'm actually at a, a my daughter uh, played soccer for Eastern University, and they have a soccer banquet this morning. Uh, like I texted uh, Young Pat, I said, who, who, who the hell has a banquet on a Saturday morning? But, uh, but yeah, that's why I'm calling it. And I really do appreciate you allowing this. And, uh, yeah, I mean, what's, what's there to say? You know, uh, you know, Pat Gillespie, the guy was a, a living legend, you know. And uh, for, for someone like me, you know, I was, I was just some steam fetter, you know, uh, over the years. And, uh, you know, always heard about Pat Gillespie. But once, once, you know, I was able to uh, get into this position as a business manager. You know, the the, the advice, the guidance, you know, the friendship that uh, Pat gave me. Uh, I'll, you know, I mean, forever, forever be thankful. You know, uh, it just miss the guy. I know we all miss him uh, dearly, and uh, you know, it's just it, it's just nice to be able to to basically thank his family for lending uh, Arlene. Thank you for lending us her husband and. And the Gillespie uh, kid, thanks for lending us your dad for all these years. You know, Jimmy, we talked about the leadership in the, in the Philadelphia building trades in our union community here and how the bar was set high. Um, you know, as somebody who came in uh, and, and, and uh, obviously those are standards that you and, and you know, Wayne Miller and, and all of our business managers, um, you know, you know, try to hold up high every day. What does it mean to you? And what is it like to come in and to understand that standard? Look, um, I, I've said this before uh, many times on the show for, uh, uh, you know, a, a young guy like me when I, when I took over. So I followed my, my predecessor was my dear friend, Anthony Gallagher, who's big time now, right? He's down to UA and we're all, I, and I know Pat was extremely proud of Anthony and, you know, look, I can speak for Anthony. I mean, once again, the guidance, the friendship that, that Pat, you know, gave Anthony, that's why he's down there. You know, Pat, uh, uh, Anthony, you know, did his best to emulate Pat and, and took Pat's advice. And now Anthony's down in the U.A. at where he should be, okay? Um, and we're all very proud of, of that. Um, but, you know, when I took over, here I am sitting in this room, you know, with, with Pat Gillespie. Joe Ashdale, Wayne Miller, John Doherty. I mean, I'm probably missing a few others. And I'm just sitting there thinking, I, I can't, you know, this is real. You know, this is real. And there's, there's legends in this room. And, and you know, Pat Gillespie uh, led these legends. You know, and, and I think somebody mentioned it recently. And, it, boy, it really gets you thinking. Pat, Pat had, uh, I guess, about maybe eight, nine, or ten business managers that, that worked under him that became general presidents, right? You know, in their various international. I think that just speaks just so much to Philadelphia Building Trades, which was led by Pat Gillespie for 35 years, you know? So um, just just to be able to pick Pat's brain and, and ask, what would you do here, Pat? What do you think about this? And I'll, look, I'll be very honest with you. I I, uh, I took over uh, April first of 2019. Finished out. Uh, that's when Anthony went down to the UA, and I finished out Anthony's term. Then I had an election uh, 
beginning of June, right after that election, PES refinery, you know, blew up. And, and that was just, that was just devastating for the building trades, especially my local union. And, uh, trust me, I had Pat on speed dial there. I mean, uh, you know, he, he talked me off the ledge a few times, to be quite honest with you, but, uh, I just, I'll, I'll never forget what Pat's done for me. And, uh, you know, just, uh, we, like I said, we, we all mess him and we, and we all, you know, we all tell funny stories. There's a million Pat Gillespie stories, and it always puts a smile on our face, you know, when we when we hear these stories. So, great stuff from Jim Snell joining us here uh, as part of the Legends of Labor special for uh, Pat Gillespie and putting an exclamation point on what has been an incredible uh, day here at Sprinkler Fitters Local uh, 692. That's going to do it for this edition of our Legends of Labor special. On behalf of the entire Gillespie family and on behalf of all of our guests who were part of this special uh, J-Doc, a big thanks, shout out to Frank Keel um, who helped put all of this together. Um, I get to say this uh, for just one last time. On behalf of Jim Snell, on behalf of my co-host J-Doc and all of our listeners, see you next time, everybody. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded.